Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, hi, I am, of course, your host, Marcus Nez. Let's hope, let's pray, let's see how things play out in terms of the render, delay, frame, whatever, herky-jerkiness that has been plaguing this show in its video form, like every episode. But uh, this should be a shorter show. I keep saying that, and I think I've only succeeded once, but I only have three games to talk about this week. That's it, I know. Crazy, 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 crazy. And a movie or TV show as well, in addition to the, of course, wonderful and lovely Patreon questions that will wrap things up. That's enough about that. I'm, I'm pretty caught up with so many things. I'm excited about the future, the immediate and distant future, in that I'm just seeing a light in this tunnel. I don't know if it's the light, but it's a little bit of light. It's some light. It might just be a hole in the ground, like a, like a really deep hole, because, I mean, it's a tunnel. I don't know how deep this tunnel is, but whatever. Tunnel or not, let's get on to... Uh, some topics. Speaking of tunnels, I watched a show about a tunnel. No, I didn't. I didn't. No tunnels were happening. And uh, I mean, there could be some tunnels in this. I don't know. Um, I mean, not this thing right now, but what I'll talk about after this. The first thing I want to talk about is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or whatever the hell it's called. I don't know what it is. But with every new MC Moo Moo Cow With every new MCU movie I watch post endgame, I constantly and always think I think I think I think I think that I think and say I think in my head um, there's just so much thinking going on. But I always think is this is this the worst MCU movie I've ever seen? And that happened again with the new Doctor Strange, which was horrendous. I think Doctor Strange and the blah, blah, blah of madness is fucking horrible. The attempts at humor all fall flat. There is not a single funny moment in the movie. The action, I guess, is fine from a visual standpoint. But so much of the movie fails because the story is unbelievably stupid. It is horrible. It is on the same level of horribleness as Guardians 2, but worse. It's worse than Guardians 2, and it's a dumbass story. But the acting is not great. I don't like any of the fan service. I think it's the worst fan service. I... If you even want to call, I there's probably even more fan service that I did not catch. But what little cameos and shit we get because of the multiverse aspect of it, it didn't end up doing anything for me in execution. When I heard about it, that was the one thing that was spoiled for me, and I was like, "Oh, that could have been fun." And then when I saw it in the movie, I'm like, "Oh God, thank God, I guess it was spoiled because this was not fun at all." Uh, I like. I think it may actually be the worst. MCU movie because when I think about other movies that were really really bad I can at least think of 
this or that or maybe a few little pieces that were good or enjoyable or interesting or something positive. But with Doctor Strange 2, that's how I'm going to refer to it, because 2 is what he called poo, number 2, and they rhyme, and it's just, it all it all works together, because Doctor Strange is a piece of poo. Um, the, the second movie, that is. And maybe the first one, I haven't, I haven't rewatched the first one, but I feel like it was way better than this. But the only positive thing I can say about Doctor Strange 2 is that the 15 or so second sequence when he and whatever her name is are traversing between all the different multiverses. You got the paint one, the cell shaded ish one, the one where they're like breaking up in a bunch of little places. Like that sequence, fantastic. That was a great visual feast. But then what happens? You've got all these really cool and interesting creative multiverses that are really distinct and different from our world and they just end up in a futuristic world that is very much so like ours how exciting you've got all this creative freedom you've got the most creative freedom to just go fucking crazy and do some really fun things and the most you can do is fucking give us a little sequence Where's Ratchet? I mean, it just seemed like, you know, why, why am I not just playing Ratchet and Clank a Rifter part instead? But the whole storyline with Wanda, I did not give any shits about. It did not resonate in any way. I don't know. I don't know if it's that I haven't seen her in anything in a while. The last thing would be WandaVision, which I thought was okay, but a million times better than this. And I think the series, I've, I've only seen Loki and WandaVision, and those are both better than any MCU movie. Sans Shang-Chi. I think Loki's better than Shang-Chi, but Shang-Chi was... I appreciate Shang-Chi more and more and more with each additional MCU movie I see because... I mean, Shang-Chi was really, really good. I really liked it. And I think I like Shang-Chi more than most because I did not have a problem with the climax and the final battle and all that. Very... You know, standard stuff that a lot of people are like, oh, it was really good, but I just, just, you know, standard MCU failing to have a satisfying conclusion or just having a big battle with CGI and all. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, huh? Eh, worked for me. I, I enjoyed it. But um, where was I going with all of this? I don't know. I mean, Doctor Strange 2 is just really, really bad. Oh, yeah, the Wanda stuff. The, the thing that was weird to me is that. I don't know if this is the way she's always sounded, but her voice, was she putting out a voice, a new voice? Because she was being, I, I, I wasn't even fucking giving a shit about the story. Like, is she like fighting between Wanda and the Scarlet Witch or whatever? And there are these two personalities in her that are struggling internally. Like, is that like, I really, I just could not give any shits about it i fucking like whatever they have they have not succeeded in making wanda a compelling character a compelling antagonist in this and like the direction of the mcu right now with the multiverses and all that i'm like whatever use this as an excuse to bring in the x-men and fucking do all this shit with all these new fucking properties you have control over again get that shit over with and fucking let's reset just fucking I don't know, man. 
I don't know. I just... I, I could not believe how much I fucking hated Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness. Super, super, super disappointing. And I think even, like, visually, it, it did not have that many great moments. And Rachel McAdams... Or multiple characters. <laughs> okay. 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 Movie. I don't like you. Then in my attempt at finding a new show to watch. Watch a bit of Yellowstone. Three episodes. And then I dropped it. Because there's a fair amount of good in there. But there are a lot of stupid storyline moments and things that are happening for the sake of drama they don't feel organic that feel more put on and some characters i really really don't like i don't like the daughter at all i don't i don't see a point at which i'll not find her annoying i'm sure they'll try to redeem her and you'll you'll see her open up i i just did not care for her i thought she was a really poorly written character and some of the other characters. I just, it's okay. It's something that if I was watching it week to week, fine, I'd be okay with it. But it all being there and bingeable, I just, I, I, I don't have the motivation, the drive to binge it. And I don't see enough value in it to watch an episode of it here and there to like stick with it in that sense. So there's that. And probably a few other things that I, dropped and there's no need to really talk about them so let's just get to the thing that i'm watching right now that i started today and that is watchmen i was really really nervous about this it's been a real long time since i've read watchmen i have rewatched the movie somewhat recently maybe within the last year i don't know which i appreciate more upon the most recent viewing i still have my issues with it but you know Zack Snyder has an idea in his mind for how he wants to adapt that and other things, and he sticks with it, and it, it gives it a very distinct vibe over, say, MCU movies. And at the very least, even if he doesn't always succeed or fails in this way or that way, at least he's somewhat more interesting overall. Uh, but Watchmen is very 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 good i watched four episodes just back to back to back while preparing my breakfast and then eating my breakfast and man oh man it is very very good i don't think you need the context sure the context will help and you'll understand certain things or you'll be less confused by why squid bits and whatnot are falling from the sky or like why is there even squid bits in general in here even though if you're only familiar with the movie you wouldn't get that because that wasn't in the movie i don't think right that was one of the things that was taken out in addition to the torture scene being changed which i did not like i really did not like that but yeah it's it's very 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 good it is just it's revitalize my faith in HBO. I'm like, oh, maybe HBO can actually still make good stuff. But then again, is it HBO's doing or Warner Brothers doing? 
And because this is a show made by Damon Lindelof or whatever his name is, the guy who did Lost and I guess did The Leftovers as well, I'm more interested in actually going back and watching Lost and The Leftovers because of this pedigree. And I'm just excited to watch more of this. There are, I think, five episodes left. I think it was a nine-episode season. And unless it completely just, like, pulls a 180 or something, it's going to be as fantastic as it has. Like, it's just... I'm very, very pleasantly surprised, even though I've heard nothing but amazing things about Watchmen. I've been nervous, given the fact that I've been watching a lot of or I tried watching a bunch of HBO series from True Detective season one and season two. What have you? Oh yeah, Chernobyl and Westworld. None of those clicked. True Detective was the one that I could have kept with the, the first season and it'd be fine, but it just wasn't, it, it didn't get its hooks in me. It was very well done and I could appreciate the general production value and acting and everything involved in the making of it just from a story standpoint it wasn't gripping me it wasn't it wasn't making me want to continue watching it for the the substance i could appreciate everything else but substance is important to me and i need that to want to keep watching something watchman has everything i love the score i love the music i love the direction the the photography like, it's just it's very very good and what, what's her name is it regina hall or regina king whichever regina she is she's so good she's so so good what was her was her claim to fame or her her breakout role jerry Maguire, which was like a breakout movie for so many people we had renee zellweger breakout movie cuba Gooden jr breakout movie her I guess I feel like she probably had the most delayed career progression from that, maybe. And she's done maybe more smaller and indie things overall because she was in Southland, which was a fantastic TV series. Very, very good with the guy from the OC and other people. But that was a really, really, really good show that I watched all of. And I liked all of it. Very, very good. I think I actually, back when, if anyone remembers Clout, that old service that was like, hey, if you've got this much social media bullshit, we'll send you free shit. I was like, oh, fine, whatever. You're going to give me free shit for no fucking reason? Okay. I got an autographed poster from Southland. That was one of the things I got. I got a bunch of dumb free shit. And I don't know if I still have that. I might have thrown it away. But I think it was for her and her character. So uh, maybe I regret throwing that away. But I, I, I never would have put it up anyway. It was a, it's a full-size poster. And I like the show. But I don't need a poster of Regina, whichever one she is. I'm at all. But yeah, Watchmen is very, very, very good. So that is it in terms of what I've been watching and all that jazz. Nothing new anime-wise, so let us get on to what I have been playing, and it's very limited. First up, we've got Spider Soars, which is from way forward, and it's a Contra-like. It's very, very Contra-like. The jump, the animation, your little spin, 
is very, very Contra-like. You are moving from left to right, running and gunning. You can switch between two weapons at any given point. You get weapons by, of course, shooting floaty objects that come on the screen. You destroy them. They'll drop the power of the different gun type. And if you already have that gun uh, of the power type that has dropped, picking it up will increase the power of the one you already have. So that's the way to upgrade your guns and make them more powerful. Better make sure that you switch between them because you, you can have two of the same gun and that's a choice, I guess, game. But you have to make sure that you have the gun equipped when you pick up the power-up in order to increase its stats and power, etc. And you have to also make sure that if you want to switch out your gun, if you see a power up for a gun you don't currently have equipped, make sure you are switched and have the gun you want to replace equipped. Otherwise, you're going to lose your super-powered gun or your other favorite gun. And the guns range from typical machine gun to a flamethrower, a sort of lobby grenade. It looks like a more slime ball, but like a grenade launcher. And then... A weird spread shot. The, the icon is for a spread shot, but the way it works that I could tell is that you shoot it and it comes out like a machine gun. It just works that way. But when it makes contact with an enemy, then it breaks and spreads its shot backwards to, to take out enemies on screen. And it's a game I really, really wanted to like. It was way forward. I mean, it is way forward, so I was expecting a lot from it. Visually, it's okay. It's okay. I don't really like the art direction all that much, but it, technically speaking, is not bad. But the gameplay itself is really not great. It works. It's fine, but I, I don't feel like it's as refined as I want it to be and the action on screen can get very hectic and hard to read in part because of the visuals and the more the more I looked at the visuals honestly if I'm being honest if I'm being honest the more I looked at the game the more I did not like the visual direction a lot of bugginess going on yeah, I mean it's basically spiders meets dinosaurs so you got dinosaurs but they've got eight legs and all that so they're 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 dinosaurs but spider-fied okay cool or whatever but it's broken up into six levels it can get pretty challenging because of the way some of the mechanics work so when you jump underneath a lot of platforms you can grab the top you can grab the sides of walls pretty early on because you're you're earning abilities with each level completed you defeat the boss, you eat some meat, and then you'll get the ability to latch onto walls and climb up them or double jump and so on. I, I don't know if this continues with each level completed. I'm guessing it does. I only beat the first two levels. And I find that, one, double jump should just be unlocked from the, the get-go. Every game should just have a double jump and they should never lock it behind anything. But... I found the the ceiling grab more so than like the, the wall grabbing was never an issue, but I found the ceiling grab to be 
annoying in some cases where I didn't want to grab the ceiling and then I grab it and then I'm stuck there for a second and it's enough for me to take damage from an enemy. Sometimes enemies will pop up or come on screen without any type of warning and immediately fire a projectile at you when you are one foot away from where the projectile would be and you just take damage because there was no there's no way you would know outside of trial and error and just playing through a level and remembering okay this is where a level will or this is where an enemy will spawn in at this point in this location when I hit this trigger point and I, I never really liked that kind of stuff um I wouldn't mind if the if the enemy comes on the screen but I don't, I don't need to shoot in that projector right away there are some enemies who can grab you and they if you even if they're not trying to grab you if you collide with them there, there's no hit detection or damage taken but with other enemies they'll do damage even ones that are like burrowed under a pile of whatever garbage and they only attack you when they pop up out of it even if they're hidden under it if you touch that garbage you're going to take damage i don't think there's a lot of the the visual and audio feedback for when you take damage uh take a hit or whatever i don't think that's that strong it's just there's not a lot there and I don't think it's up to par with other Contra likes like Blazing Chrome or even that one that was a super duper ripoff. That was maybe a $7 game. It was like super. It, like even the name was like Super Cybertron or some shit. But it just, it just wasn't quite there. And one of the other big problems is that it's a $20 game. And it does not feel like a $20 game. I, I cannot in any way justify people spending that much on it. I got a code for it. And, and so that's why I was playing it. But like, there's no way in hell I would be willing to spend any more than $10 on this. But even $10, like, I wouldn't. But... If you really, really, really like counter likes, then I guess you could give it a go. But I found the the level layouts and the way they're designed, and you got a bunch of spider webs that you can get caught up in, so you have to destroy them. And just I felt like the game was not consistently or constantly cheap in its challenge and difficulty, but that there were enough cheap moments and elements to its design that I wasn't a huge fan of. I just I wasn't having any fun with it. You know, overall overall it mechanically works and it runs fine and all that, but it just wasn't fun. And then the boss fights, the boss fights, the the two that I've played, the two final bosses of each level, they're both designed the same fucking way. And it, I could not believe it. I, I hope that it's not the case all the time, but they're designed in the way where it's like, okay, you've got your big boss in the middle of the screen and then you shoot up at its head or whatever. And then things will be coming at you from the side or they'll come in from the top of the screen down at you. And you got to dodge and avoid all those while doing damage until you complete and kill the boss. And it just, 
the 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 ultimate problem with spider swords is that it lacks creativity it lacks originality it is basically living and dying on the fact that you've got dinosaurs that have been mished mashed with spiders and that's all it's got going for it's like hey do you think this game looks cool do you think a fucking dinosaur spider is rad as shit then fucking yeah boy you're gonna love this game but if that doesn't tickle your fancy tickle tickle um i think you're not going to be as pleased with spider sores as them whatever anywho that's spider sores then right on break is a breakout arkanoid etc clone where you 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 know it's widescreen so you're our you have your little paddle on the left, and then you are shooting your ball to the right and just breaking all the bricks of a level. You clear them all, then you move on to the next level, and so on and so forth. When you get down to a few bricks and are maybe finding it difficult to accurately get the ball to hit them, a power pool eventually come on screen and it's like, just here, collect this, and you can move on to the next level. The power-ups are all pretty standard ranging from increasing your paddle size, decreasing your paddle size, increasing the speed, decreasing the speed, multi-ball, guns firing from your paddle, sticky paddle, and I think that's it. You also will get something that'll allow you to put it like a little border so that if a ball gets past you, it can, you can let that happen a few times before the border breaks. And that's... That's it. Like the thing about Radon Break is that it's doing its job as a clone. The music's not bad. And I really, more so than anything, like the visuals. I think the clean aesthetic is very, very nice. But after you've played it for 10 minutes, if that, you quickly realize there's nothing else here. And that's a problem. It doesn't even change as i only made it to like level seven or eight and during my playthrough with the game and my multiple playthroughs there are three difficulties that don't seem i didn't notice how different they were outside of maybe having more challenging bricks because there will be bricks that require being hit multiple times before they can be completely broken and i think the harder difficulty had those right from the get-go and the easy difficulty had none of them. But the music doesn't change. The visuals never changes. Uh, the, the visuals never change. The game doesn't change. It doesn't spice things up at all. And as well-made as it may be, from a visual standpoint, musical standpoint, gameplay standpoint, it plays well. I, I again, I, I like the look of it. I like the music, but hearing that song, that music, just over and over and over again, got old. Seeing those visuals and them never changing, not even the color scheme. They didn't even like just fiddle the knobs with the hue so that what was blue was is now green 
and what was orange was now red, etc. It's just the same over and over and over again. It got old real, real fast, which is a bummer because I love, I love these games. I love Breakout. I love Arkanoid, etc. Like I said, and the foundation is there. The foundation is there in Radon Break, but it adds nothing new or exciting gameplay-wise and then does nothing to keep things fresh from a visual or musical standpoint. And so it's a game that, as fundamentally well-made as it is, it wears out its welcome so fast because its welcome is it in its entirety. There is nothing beneath the surface. You're not going to find any layers or depth or anything that will be like, oh, I didn't realize you could do this or that. No, no. What you see is what you get with Radon Break, for better or worse. And I think it's like a $7 game. And, you know, it's not a lot, but you expect a little more from it. You expect it to try and do at least one or two two things unique do something that makes it exciting that shows you've learned from all that has happened since the original games came out like what the very serious like Pac-Man Championship Edition or the Space Invaders Infinity Extreme games etc like they take these familiar formulas these familiar games and designs and styles and they Add new things to them. That's what you you want from something like Radon Break, but it, it just doesn't do that. Then, last game I played is Endling Extinction is Forever, and this is a survival game where you play as a mother fox who is trying to take care of her cubs, and it's pretty simple and straightforward in terms of what mechanics you have at your disposal because you're really just going around collecting food, and then giving it to your kids to keep them fed and keep the meter high, and that's essentially your health meter. You don't have to worry about feeding yourself. You don't have to worry about cold or anything like that. It's just about feeding them. And it's got an incredible visual style. I love the look of the game so much. It seems to be wanting to deliver some type of message about pollution, and it has a unique way of traversing the world, and that it's basically a 2d side scrolling game but you transition between different planes and and so there's not even real platforming or anything you're just maybe going across a plane and then there'll be a, a clearly marked spot that you can interact with and then you will walk up it and then suddenly you're you're moving more so into the background and you constantly are, are traversing between different planes in this in this world to, to navigate it as opposed to just moving from left to right constantly in a traditional sense. You don't have free movement in a 3D space either. And it, it works well enough. My problem with it is that it's clearly paced out in a very specific way. Like the, the creators and everything have a plan in place for how the story is doled out, when things are doled out, when you're able to start interacting with these 
parts of the environment, etc. And it immediately breaks the immersion because it doesn't really check out and make sense from a gameplay standpoint when things like that happen. So very early on, about two nights in, because the way it works is that you start every day and you want to get back to your home before night. And basically what you're doing during the majority of the day is looking for food and avoiding any type of hostile situation, whether it be another animal, a human, etc. Maybe there's a, could be a trap around there. But about two nights in, one of your kids, one of your cubs is kidnapped. And then that sets you off on a journey to find them and find out what happened. There will be moments where you can sniff out and get a little bit of backstory. Not not a backstory, but you'll you'll be able to figure out what happened to them, get a, a, a part, a fraction uh, of the picture. And these story moments are doled out at a very deliberate pace. They just happen when they happen. You don't come across, you can't like come across them while randomly searching, they'll happen on a specific night when the game is like, okay, we're ready to give you a bit more of the story. And this is true for gameplay elements and mechanics that unlock as well. For instance, with your cubs, they don't have any skills initially, but they will gain skills as you play, like the ability to squeeze through tight spaces or dig little piles of rubbish the problem i have with these mechanics is that there is no rhyme or reason to when they unlock for a various cub outside of the game itself just being designed in a way that it's deciding that at this point in the story that this night we have finally decided that they will realize they can interact with this pile and now they've learned how to dig or they can now squeeze through tight spaces because you've made it this far and now they can. I did not like this because it really fucking... It annoyed the shit out of me that for so many nights I was coming across these small piles that had an interact icon above them. I knew I'd be able to interact with them at some point since I couldn't as the mother fox. I figured, okay, this is going to be a skill that my kid is going to obtain at some point. And when that'll happen, I don't know. But, you know, I, I can't wait for it to happen so that I can interact with these things. And maybe they'll increase my ability to progress in the world and reach new places. We'll see. I'm just, you know, waiting for whenever that happens. And the way it happened with the pile is that one of my kids just at some point, even though we've gone past and through these piles plenty of times, they just decided this one night, you know what? I'm going to sniff this thing now and I'm going to fucking, I'm going to dig in it and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see what's in here and I'm going to maybe find something. And then I went back and I picked them out and like, Oh, they now know how to dig. Why? Because the game decided that you've, made it far enough that now they can even though there's no actual 
in-game reason as to why they suddenly learn how to do it. It just is that you you've played it long enough. You've you've gotten to a certain day that they decide that it's okay. I would much rather the game not. I I just don't like seeing things that I can interact with and not being able to do anything with them because the game just decided no, not yet. And it's not like there's a very strong in-game reason for why I couldn't, why my kids couldn't, and the point at which they could. Why? Why now? Why now? Give me an explanation or give me a fucking good reason as to why that worked. And then the game isn't always great about explaining things. And I ended up losing one of my kids to an owl that attacked it because I, I, I was fucking sneaking. It told me, you know, sneak by the owl not to wake it up. And I was doing that. And then the owl came down and then I, I tried fighting it. But then I didn't know what buttons I needed to really do to fight. Like The thing I don't like about this game ultimately is that it feels like and, and maybe I'll better enjoy it whenever you visit it at some point. I'm not against doing that. I think this is a game that may have been hurt more so than others by me streaming it because I'm still trying to balance that whole thing out. And I think I've, I've decided on something because of that. But it feels very much so like your initial playthrough, your first playthrough is there to teach you how the game works, how the game is paced, how it is structured, how things play out, and, and the fact that you can only make so much progress on any given day before a purposeful designed story thing happen. Like you can fucking explore if you want the first however many nights, but you're not going to fucking find anything. Certain areas are going to be locked to you and you can't do anything about that until you hit a certain night where suddenly now you can fucking continue the story just because they've been holding out on you until this point. It's not that you discovered something yourself. It's not that you found something. It's it's just that the game is like, until you reach day five or whatever, night five, etc. We're not going to let you progress past this point. So just just go out in the world and get food for your kids. And that's that's all we want you to do. And that's all you can do. Because just fucking hold your horses. We want to deliver this game at our pace, at our speed. We're in control. We're the captain now. Fucking swear to me. And it just kind of annoyed me and frustrated me. You know, I, I just was constantly seeing these things that I clearly would be able to interact with at some point. But I couldn't now just because the game had decided or the game was not willing to let me. And when it finally did, I, I didn't feel like the justification was earned as to why I suddenly was able to use this skill or that skill now. And I was really annoyed that my one cub died. It fucking pissed me off with that owl. Because I also got into a situation where I was between a badger and a human and I couldn't like... I just had to keep going back to the human. The badger would not let me get through. So I just had to go back to the human who was like, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. And then 
it would try to grab me and I'd bite it, but it would do damage to me. And eventually it like got out of my way so that I could just get around it to go home. And you know, I, I feel like there there's some good ideas in here that are hindered by the developer's hand being too noticeable. I can, I am failing personally. I am failing to get immersed in the game and its world because I too often am aware of the fact that it's a game and the designer's hand is present in my head while I'm playing this. I'm like, oh, I can't do this or this is happening because someone specifically did this. And I, I keep having that in the back of my head so that I can't just be like, okay, I am this mother fox in this world. All I care about are my cubs and keeping them safe. And that's what matters to me. I'm, 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 I'm unable to do that. And I, I think the map is kind of shit. When I was trying to figure out where I need to go, because they'll, they'll be on the map, little indicators that there's some kind of event here or there. I, I found the map to be a little bit confusing and fucking hard to to navigate at times. But yeah, that is Enlene. Extinction is forever. All right. All right. Let us get on to Patreon questions and call it a show. All right. All right. All right. All right. So from Enchi, what are your opinions on or what is your opinion on director's cuts? Do you opt for them by default? Are any movies made worse by a director's cut? I'm not talking about like unrated versions of comedies. So we've actually talked about this, Angie. And it's funny because we were DMing each other. And he was like, oh, I, I was about to ask you something, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for the podcast. And... When he posed the question, I'm like, you know, we've like actually talked about this, I think, numerous times already. But okay, I'll answer it on the podcast. Free question for me. But my answer before and now is the same as it's always been. I, with any type of movie or, or any movie that has multiple cuts, I will immediately just go to Google. And I will check movie censorship, Reddit, etc. There's a decent site that is basically trying to find interviews or whatever where a director will say what cut they prefer and I'll go with that usually but more so I'll, I'll go with what like reddit says or, or whatever or like the popular consensus because not every director cut is better not every director cut even if it's stated as being a, a director's cut is actually a director's cut some instances where a director's cut is worse would be, I mean, the obvious one, if you want to call them director's cuts, are the original Star Wars for people. I don't really give a shit because I don't care about Star Wars that much. But Leon the Professional, that is a movie that I like in spite of its creepiness. This relationship between this young girl and this older hitman. In the theatrical version, it's acceptably creepy. In the director's cut, it's 
It's a, it's a bit much. If I do say so myself, I bet Sonny would really, really like it. But uh, that's an example. Apocalypse Now is one where you don't really need. It just fucks up with the pacing of the movie, the, the redux and all that. Uh, Terminator 2, from what I remember, the director's cut just also fucks up the pacing and adds things that don't really add much to the story they're trying to I think expand upon the relationship between Connor and uh, the I, I, T2 Judgment Day I don't know if I specified that I, I may have just said Terminator I don't know if he's a Terminator 2 but um don't like that director's cut uh I haven't watched him yet but you know maybe the Hobbit director's cuts aren't great because it's just gonna be more of those. I don't I don't remember I don't dislike those movies as much as others, but of course they're no Lord of the Rings. But that that's pretty much the way I go about it. If uh if I Google it and they say the director's cut is better, then I'm just gonna watch the director's cut. But typically I like I like watching both. I like watching all versions as much as I can. Um and I think the, the the best example of a movie that was changed drastically and actually made into a good movie with a director's cut would be Kingdom of Heaven. I'd love to actually watch the theatrical version because I don't think I have. And I'd love to see how they're different. This is like, I'm just like, I cannot fucking keep a fucking episode down. This is just going to be another 50 minute episode. It's fucking fuck my life. But yeah. And then... Last question from Jedi. If you were put in charge of Xbox backwards compatibility for a last batch of five games, which games would you choose? Hell of a question. Hell of a question, Jedi. You know me so well. You know me so well. So I had to think about this. And it, it's not it's not easy. I'm going to give you some of the honorable mentions first. I would love, and you know, this is, you know, we're not concerning ourselves with licensing or any kind of that bullshit. We're not thinking about that. That is not a factor in this because then I would have to fucking change a lot of these things. But I would have really loved it if the Slugfest hits red card games, the Midway Extreme Sports games that weren't Blitz, if those from the Xbox generation, original Xbox generation, if those could be backwards compatible because... Those are maybe the most fun sports games I've ever played. I love them so, so, so much. I love them. They're so good. Simpsons Hit and Run would be a great game to have via backward compatibility. It's a solid game, and, you know, I think the only reason why it's not is, you know, licensing bullshit. The Godfather, I really, really liked the first game. I liked it a lot. I love the store management thing and just going around breaking their shit until they're like okay you fucking you can control it and seeing my monthly weekly whatever in-game time income increase I'm like fuck yeah I love that kind of shit give me just give me a general mafia game where I can just fucking go and take over businesses 
and I mean, you know, it's Yakuza in, in a way. The Incredible Hulk, Ultimate Destruction would be really nice to have. Be a background compatibility. And then I liked Gun a lot. I don't know if it holds up. I've heard some things about it and it not holding up for various reasons. And uh, I can't speak to those because it's been a very long time since I played it. But I like that game more than Red Dead Redemption. And I stand by that uh, without replaying either. And I'm going to stay by it. Because you know what? Fucking Thomas Jane. Booyah. Then the Saboteur is another game that would be cool to have. Via backward compatibility. I got all the achievements in it, so I don't need to play it ever again. But that's a cool game. Wouldn't mind having that. But my actual five games. My actual five games. First, Cold Step Saga. Might be a surprise, but I love, love, love Cult Up Saga. It's the only Cult Up It's the only Cult Up game I've ever played. There are ones that came out on, I think, mobile and 3DS. I don't know how many we got state-wise overall, but this is a, a series that I was unfamiliar with prior to this game, and for whatever reason, it showed up on my radar. And it's basically Monopoly, Monopoly meets Magic: The Gathering. And it's so, so good. It is so good. Uh, I would love it if that was available because it's it's a unique game. That version, I believe, Cult of Saga, is Xbox 360 exclusive. I don't think it came out on PC or any other platform. So that's also a reason why it'd be nice to have it via backward compatibility since that is the only platform it's on. But it's just a really cool, unique game that I know a lot of people missed out on. And if it was available on current platforms, current hardware, maybe like two or more people would play it. Then Deus Ex Invincible War from the original Xbox. I can play this on PC, sure, but I would like to just be able to easily play it on my Xbox. And I think Invisible War is way better than it gets credit for because it wasn't better than the original game. And therefore, a lot of people just shit on it and, and think it's bad. But it's not. It's... Very close, I think, to the original game. It's still an amazing game. It's just not the most amazing game. Deus Ex, the first one, is one of the greatest games of all time. And Invisible War is just a really, really, really good game that may very well be in my top 50 of all time. Like, I really, really like it. It's just not in my top five. Does that mean it's a bad game? No. It just means it's, you know, not one of the best games of all time. That's it. And Way of the Samurai 3, I love this series so much. And I just, you know, that, that was the one that was on 360. That was the one that was on an Xbox platform. So fucking put that one on. Put that one on backward compatibility, baby. And then the Chronicles of Riddick, Assault on Dark Athena. And I'm using this one because it includes a remake of Escape from Butcher Bay, which is an amazing game. The included, I think, is Assault on Dark Athena, just the name of the sequel game. But, uh, yeah, whatever, if that is the name of it or not. That was, that was still pretty good, but Escape from Butcher Bay is amazing. And you get that with this, so just do this one instead of the original Xbox one. And I think it's a solid remake. Uh, I played through both versions, and I don't remember there being any issue with it, so we'll just take the... the the remade version. This is very, very fantastic. And then last but not least, you fucking think I wasn't gonna 
include this game, Enchi? Did you really think I forgot about it? Obviously, we need to have the fucking club available via background compatibility. Jesus Christ, man. Put that shit on there. Let me play it. I can play it on PC as well. I mean, the majority of these games. All of them. I mean, outside of close-up. I was going to try and maybe do only games that you could play on 360, but I was not going to look into that. But the club is a fantastic speed run third person arcade shooter thing that was made by the project gotham racing team bizarre creations i believe is the the name of uh and it's just it's so good it's such a fun game and it for whatever reason got overlooked by so many people and i think it's often forgotten which is a shame because it is very very good and i think some games like I wonder if it would have been received better if it came out now when we have games like Neon White or whatever it's called and Severed Steel and you know, like Super Hot. Like we've got a lot more of these games that are about getting through a space fast and increasing your multiplayer and going for high scores and whatnot that are clicking with people more and more. And maybe it's because now speedrunning has grown more and more thanks to games done quick and, and whatnot. Maybe maybe if the club came out today, it would fucking just destroy. But we'll never know. Unless it gets a big backward compatibility push and Microsoft is like, actually, we're adding some more and we really, we really want to highlight the club. Everyone... Fucking play the club because it's fucking awesome as shit. And then one bonus one. Bring Poker Smash back, you motherfuckers. It was backward compatible for a certain amount of time and then they removed it. I believe it's the only instance of a game being removed that was previously backward compatible. I don't like that shit. I don't like that shit. I don't know why it happened. I'm not happy about it. Is it fucking like. It's annoying because, one, it makes it a precedent that it happened the one time. That means that if it could happen with any of the other games, it could. We don't. Who the fuck knows? I don't think we ever got an explanation. And and more so than anything, I just fucking, I love Poker Smash. It's such a good game. Motherfuckers. Anywho, that is going to do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Shoe. Shoe? Yeah. I mean, you know, shoe... Uh, whatever. Man, oh man, I just like, this, this, this is not a short show. I'm a fucking liar. Anywho, as always, or once again, I'm Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. Of course, if you're watching the video version on the YouTubes, please do like and subscribe. Hit the bell and all that jazz if you haven't already. It does help a lot and it means a lot as well. And if you'd like to find all my links of import, you can go over to pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS and you'll find everything there delivering you to all the important places. And if you do enjoy this show and any of the stuff I do from the streaming, the videos, the what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS to support me and my nonsense that way, as well as get your questions answered on this here show so if that sounds 
like something that interests you, do that. Patreon.com slash PXS. Anywho, that will do it. So, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye!